I don't want to be a martyr. Nor I. I want to live. That is good. For believing what you do, we confer upon you a rare gift these days. A martyr's death. The cross commands you. The blood of the martyrs commands you. I wrote them down in my diary so that I wouldn't have to remember. Lucius Septimus Severus. No, I am not trying to conjure a demon in Harry Potter. <laughs> I am listing off an emperor from the end of the 2nd century to the beginning of the 3rd century in Rome. This is uh, this is kind of how we're doing the early church history part here, is making sure we, uh, we keep our groupings together, because otherwise... Nah, the hagiography, the uh, difficulty in understanding what's myth and what's reality in the ancient world is, is maybe the hardest part of doing church history anything, especially when it relates to the martyrs. So by trying to organize big pictures, we try to keep some of our historical time periods grounded and understood. But Lucius Septimus Severus was a Roman emperor about 190-something to 211-ish was at first favorable to Christianity. Why might that be? He got sick. He was ill. <clears throat> Excuse me. And during his illness, he was treated and cared for by Christians. I don't know if that was a pastor praying for him, if that was a nurse caring for him who happened to be a Christian and testified to Christ. I have no idea. But it didn't last. Amazingly enough, because the Roman law system, the Roman religious system, the Roman cultural system just can't function in compliance with Christianity. As I smack my microphone around, I apologize for that. So he goes from favorable to the church because they did some good stuff for him towards, you know, the political winds they are a shifting, they are a blowing, and they are a swirling, and so maybe it's time to do something else. So he did. You enact some of the old laws going all the way back to Diocletian and Nero and that crowd, and you start persecuting the church. Now, old Severus here, he's a, he's an interesting character. He doesn't just go with the greatest hits. You know, we're not sewing anybody into animal skins, at least not according to the testimony. Lots of beheadings. Whole lot of beheadings and stabbings as far as the executions for the Christians go. But, you know, there's... If you're going to have some fun, you might as well come up with a new one. So how about pouring boiling tar onto people? <sighs> well, I, you know, I've joked before about John trying to, them failing to boil John in oil, and I've often wondered, like, was the oil just not hot enough? You know, did they not batter him properly? How does that exactly work? But there's a difference between being lowered into the boiling oil and having the boiling tar poured on you. I don't know which one's worse, but I think both are really, really bad. So, the other thing that Severus was really good at was the, uh, the the critter killings. So, sending the Christians into the theater for sport with critters. The lions and tigers and bears, oh my, you know, typically for the men. And female martyrs were typically sent before uh, bulls. Why, I have no earthly idea. But they were, apparently. That's That was a thing. So who's on good old Sevi's hit list? <coughs> Excuse me. Well, Victor, who was Bishop of Rome. Notice we're not going to use the word Pope. The Pope is an institution, doesn't exist at this period, won't exist for a few years. So 
Still a pretty big deal, though, when you get the main leading pastor in Rome. Leonidas, who will become the father of the church historian Origen, he, uh, well, or uh, historian and theologian, depends on how you want to parse that out. So Leonidas is on the list. Basilides. What's special about Basilides? Well, nothing really. He was an officer in the army who was converted while executing Christians. This is one of those fun little things in church history that there are multiple testimonies of soldiers and executioners and jailers who are having to interact and listen to the constant testimony, prayers, and songs of the Christians as they are being killed, tortured, and locked up. And because of that testimony and prayer life, these executioners and soldiers and jailers are being converted to Christ because of the faithfulness of the martyrs. Uh, Plutarchus uh, Irenaeus makes the list during Severus's reign. And then the one we're going to focus on today, Perpetua. Now, Perpetua is one of those famous ones, so I'm not going to attempt to do it the justice that has been done. I believe the, uh, the Torchlighters series is who does it. They have the cartoon videos, Heroes of the Faith type of thing, and I think Perpetua is one of the cartoons that they actually have. So I would encourage you to, to go get that or at least look up the video. And, and again, as with everything, we're doing like 10-plus minute videos here. We are not diving deeply into everything that is to be found in the church history uh, archives here. We are giving you the the... 30,000-foot view, and if you want to know more about these, dive into them, dig into them, have some fun, separate the fact from fiction, enjoy the history of God's people. So, Perpetua. She was a young wife and mother. According to testimony, she was still nursing when she was arrested. <coughs> no, 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 they didn't send the baby with her, so there's some good news for you. <laughs> If you're, it's like, this is about to get really dark really quick, otherwise, as I smack my microphone around some more. But she was arrested along with a cohort of others, was brought before the proconsul Minutius. He, he had a great attention to detail. I'll show myself out. But during that, they was uh, the offer was made that if she would sacrifice to idols, that she would be released. Well, she refused. So they brought her before a judge Hilarianus, Hilarianus, I don't know if he had a sense of humor or not, once again I'll show myself out, um, once again same offer was made, sacrificed idols, get your freedom. With the judge though, they played dirty, they actually allowed her, uh, Perpetua's father and, well, with the uh, newborn in tow to be there to try and persuade her and encourage her to come home. She once again refused, so her along with Felicitas another lady, were sent to be executed. They were sent before, well, before they were sent before, this is, you want to, some of the fun stuff of church history is seeing the things that are priorities to people and seeing the things that are a bridge too far. So Perpetua and Felicitas are taken, and on the day of their execution, they are brought to the arena, and they are stripped naked and hanged in nets above the uh, arena grounds. That's not exactly typical, apparently. And the only reason that that was not how they were executed was because the crowd objected. Now, <coughs> excuse me. When you want to talk about the height of situational morality 
and <sighs> ethics isn't really the right word. Sensibilities, popular sensibilities, that's what we'll go with. So we're here in attendance to watch people be fed to lions and leopards. That's the men. And then we're also here to see women put before wild bulls so that they can be trampled and gored. But hanging them naked in a net, that's a bridge too far. That's just something that we will not abide and we demand that you do something different. So at the crowd's insistence, they were removed from the nets, they were taken back to prison, they were clothed and then brought back to the arena where they were then set forth in front of a rampaging bull. Somehow or another, the bull gores Felicitas, but stuns Perpetua. So basically a nice concussion. Felicitas is badly injured. Perpetua rushes to her side and basically cradles her in preparation for their death. The bull refused. I don't know. Attack of the conscience, work of the Holy Spirit, divine intervention. You pick it. The bull refused, and despite prodding, refused to make another charge. So they had to take Felicitas and Perpetua out of the arena, round up the bull, and then bring them back to the arena later on in the afternoon so that the gladiators could finish off the executions. According to the testimony, the gladiator in charge of Felicitas's execution did a wonderful job. He ran her through quite quickly, and she died. Again, already previously injured, probably didn't take much. Unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you view history, Perpetua's gladiator was young and inexperienced, was not quite up to task. I guess he still had a conscience and a stomach, so he didn't couldn't just bring himself to, to properly one-shot be done. So apparently he weakly stabbed her several times, none of which were fatal, to the point that the crowd booed, and Perpetua, realizing that she's going to have to die at some point and that she's not getting out of this alive, grabs the blade and actually guides it so that he will fatally stab her. That's guts. That is an inner strength that I personally don't have right this minute because I don't need it. She had it because, again, divine intervention, work of the Holy Spirit, always at play, strengthened for the task ahead. Um, don't have a lot of quotes. We have two. When her father asked her if she would be willing to recant Christianity and come home, her response was apparently, this dungeon is to me a palace. And I talk on Sundays and Wednesdays at Bible study and things about understanding your perspective. That's perspective. A dungeon becomes a palace when you recognize that it is God who has placed you here, and it is to God whom you will go, and it is God who you serve. And then, of course, when asked if she would offer pagan sacrifice by the judge, she is quoted as saying, I am a Christian. Which is a really nice way of saying, no, I refuse. So again... This is the history of our people. When I talk about the strength of men and women, I mean it. You were talking about uh, – previously we have mentioned um, Polycarp. There was another arrest during that time, a woman named Blandina, who we won't go into a bunch of details because there aren't a bunch of details. It was apparently a woman of very weak conscience and fortitude, so – was you know you know people like this they just not a strong stomach not strong-willed people just kind of going along when she was arrested she stood firm 
And she went to execution proudly proclaiming Christ and rejecting idolatry. Why? Because that weak conscience was fortified by Christ. It was fortified by the work of the Holy Spirit. Perpetual was strengthened to care for Felicitas, to stand strong in the face of the incompetent gladiator because the Holy Spirit had girded her and strengthened her. Christian, this is the heritage we stand in. This is the work that God has done and the work that he is still doing day in and day out. As we stand, we stand firm, not in our power, but in his, knowing that his power will never fail. So until we meet again, read your Bible. It'll do you good.